0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the thirteenth chapter. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. And in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the goods into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? they answered yes and he said to them therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old the Gospel of the Lord
1: out of the depths I have cried to the Lord in my trouble I cried to the Lord. I cried with all my heart, answer me, Lord. Perhaps you can identify with the psalmist who wrote those words. Since the pandemic began and the unrest following the killing of George Floyd unfolded, people have been turning to prayer with more fervor, new focus and greater urgency. The people of God are crying out for help in our time of trouble, for healing for all who are sick and for all that is broken, and for hope in these uncertain times. Certainly, that is true for us here at St. Philip the Deacon. In response to both the pandemic and the unrest, we have introduced a daily morning prayer service, Opened the sanctuary for private prayer and made it easier to make prayer requests. You are showing up for private and daily prayer, and we are receiving more requests than usual. Churches all around the world are doing the same. One church leader wrote to his congregation just before Easter We need to pray. We need to deepen our relationship with God. Even if it is unwise to gather in person for worship, we should go to the Lord personally, praying. It's important that we tell God our fears, to implore his intervention, to rescue us, to ask for the grace to accept his will and to see this crisis through the eyes of faith. The people of God are crying out in prayer in this time of trouble. In today's reading from the 8th chapter of Romans, the Apostle Paul says, We do not know how to pray as we ought. When it comes to how to pray, the Bible is very vocal. You're probably familiar with many of its prescriptions for prayer. For example, we are told to pray without ceasing, pray at all times, believe that whatever you ask in prayer is received and it will be yours, Continue steadfastly in prayer. Ask in faith without doubting. Jesus tells us the parable of the persistent widow to the effect that we ought always to pray and to never lose heart, to the effect that persistence pays off. The Bible records the words of prayers like Abraham's prayer for Sodom, Moses' prayer for the Israelites, Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, and his high priestly prayer offered just before his crucifixion. The book of Psalms is essentially a prayer book for the faithful. And when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, he gave them, he gave us, a model of the perfect prayer which begins, Our Father, who art in heaven. Still, for all that the Bible has to teach us about how to pray, Paul says, we do not know how to pray as we ought. When we first learned to pray, someone, maybe a parent or a grandparent or a Sunday school teacher, taught us to pray like this. Quiet your heart, bow your head, close your eyes, and fold your hands. And so we do, whenever we pray, wherever we pray. And yet, Paul says, we do not know how to pray as we ought. Given what we know from the Bible about how to pray and how we have been taught to pray, one response to Paul's assessment of our prayer life might be to double down, on what we do know. That is, to determine to pray more frequently, to work on praying with more faith and less doubt, to put more thought into our petitions and to fancy up the words of our prayers. Because that's what we do. Because that's how the world seems to work. A little more effort on your part results in achievement. It's interesting, though, to note that Paul doesn't elaborate on or bother to explain at all what exactly it is that we are doing or not doing in prayer. He simply announces that we do not know how. And he follows that immediately with the fix, writing, but the Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You see, it's not about believing enough or persisting enough, nor is it about the right words, the right requests, or the right posture, but rather it's about humility, and surrender, that is what we don't know how to do, nor can we will ourselves to get better at it. In today's reading, Paul assures us that when we pray, the Spirit does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. The Spirit gathers up our petitions and aligns them with the will of God. To be sure, it is not easy for us to let go and let God. It's not easy to surrender our wants, desires, needs, hopes, and dreams. It's not easy to put our trust in something, someone, outside of ourselves. But we take comfort in the fact that, as Paul says in today's reading, God is for us unconditionally and eternally and there is nothing nothing in all of creation that can separate us from that love for more words of assurance just like that check out psalm 139 or john 316 there is nothing that can separate us from the love of god so when we pray we quiet our hearts getting out of the way and making room for the Spirit. We bow our heads in reverence to a power greater than ourselves. We close our eyes in anticipation of seeing something we never dared imagine. We fold our hands, offering them to be used as Christ's hands in the world. And then we open our mouths, trusting the Spirit's intercession with sighs too deep for words. It's true. We do not know how to pray as we ought, but there is this good news. The Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. I want to close by inviting you to join our 31-day prayer retreat beginning August 1st. A packet with prompts for each day of the month is available for you on our website. You can find it at spdlc.org 31 day. We have hard copies available to mail to those who need them. We speak regularly here at St. Philip the Deacon about how your gifts make a difference in the world. As we seek to respond to the most pressing needs before us today, We do what the psalmist did. We lift our hearts and our voices, and we cry out to God in prayer. And we trust the Spirit to do what we ourselves cannot, align our wills with God, praying, Thy will, dear Lord, be done. Let us pray. We confess, Lord Jesus, that we do not know how to pray as we ought. We struggle to make our prayers faithful enough and frequent enough. We worry over the words and our posture and our requests. We place our trust in what we want and need and desire. As we venture into these 31 days, we ask that you would ground our prayers in the trust that your Spirit intercedes on our behalf with sighs too deep for words, aligning each petition with the will of God. And we do so, knowing that as God is for us, nothing in all creation can separate us from his love. In the name of Jesus, amen.